Welcome to All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time. Our podcast offers friendly conversations with inspiring individuals in the autism community. All Autism Talk is brought to you by Learn Behavioral and the Learn Provider Network. Now here's your host. Hi, everybody. Welcome to All Autism Talk. Our podcast is brought to you by Learn Behavioral, a leading ABA provider serving families across the country. I'm your host, Katherine Johnson. My guest today is Elena Bofane, president and co-founder of Progetto Autismo, a program in Italy for children and adults with autism. In addition to founding Progetto Autismo, Elena is a primary school teacher, a mother of two, and has given much time and effort to many projects and partnerships that have benefited folks with autism. I was so impressed with the work Elena has done. It's inspiring and heartening to know that there are intelligent, passionate people who are innovating and working hard to create good programs for their communities. And Elena is a wonderful example of this. As you listen, you'll hear Elena, but you'll mostly hear the voice of Suami, our translator. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Elena, welcome. Ciao. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to tell you that I'm so happy to meet you, and I wanted to say thank you for being here. I was hoping that you might just walk us through a little bit about why you decided to found Progetto Autismo. So, um, Progetto Autismo was actually established quite a long time ago, and it was uh, aimed at parents with uh, children and teenagers affected by autism spectrum disorders. In recent years, though, it just became some, such a, a bigger project. We invested in, in, a, in a building, quite a large one with wide open air spaces, large grounds, uh, and that became our headquarters and our home. Last year, um, we became an actual foundation, and uh, it was we felt it necessary because we were uh, encountering a lack of services dedicated to the autism community. So we felt that it was needed that we took things in our own hands, and uh, basically we set up different services for different age groups. So now we have a um, well activities aimed to small children from two to six years old. We have also um, programs for adolescents and young adults and also for for adults as well because sometimes it's very hard I mean talking of course in the in the regional area area so locally to find services that so like target the ASD community that's extensive Devo dire che, uh, um, she wants to point out that this is a very complex uh, venture. All parents involved in the organization and running of the foundation are actually, you know, they have their own day jobs. They do other things uh, for a living. They don't take any money from the foundation. It's very important because it sort of shows the commitment, not only to the people working, uh, so like involved in the project, but also to institutions. Wow, that's amazing. And how many of those folks do you have that are volunteering their time uh, to put all of these important programs together for your kids and adults. So we currently have about 80 volunteers, uh, plus we have uh, about 30 um, hired internal staff and also uh, external collaborators. We do have university interns that 
come and join us for a time. Uh, we have also state volunteers, so part of the civil uh, the civil ser service, both minors and adults, so all ages. And this is a this is a huge welfare uh, enterprise. We're very proud because this is basically a vision. This is a dream that came true. But as with all dreams, they come with a responsibility, and it's a lot of effort. With that number of employees and volunteers, how many? children and adults are you able to serve? Uh, so they're currently assisting about 90 um, people affected by a ASDs. Um, they go from, they range from really small kids to, to adults, as, as she said before. Um, they also, um, they're also affected to di at different levels. So we have severe to medium ASD. We also have Asperger syndromes. We have high functioning autism. Um, and as for the the opening times are open from Monday to Sunday. Uh, they're also running um, weekends, so like activity activities during the weekends. So they're always uh, doing something. That's wonderful. I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the program that you call Home Special Home. Um, it sounds like it's a day program, but I'm wondering if there is, uh, you know, if you could tell us a little bit about it, if, if folks are working towards goals, if it's a recreational facility, um, and who it is that you're serving. Allora, eh, se parliamo dei bambini piccoli, noi abbiamo un progetto di riabilitazione. We first of all have programs dedicated to small children. Um, we, have, we run a behavioral rehabilitation session uh, with supervisors and educators joining in. We also have uh, speech specialists helping us with this. Uh, all these programs are actually individually sort of like tailored to the needs of, of, the, of the children. Uh, we also have a, spe a special multisensory room and in that one we also work on, on movement. We're also running a special project, an experimental project with the university's, um, with the department, the department of neuroscience of the University of Udine and Trieste, um, which basically will produce or aims to produce a manual, so like a guidebook um, for the movement rehabilitation of, um, of, of children. Another set of activities is dedicated to uh, uh, teenagers, adolescents. Um, they attend the center uh, in the afternoon in, in sort of like group sessions. So they, they have a special areas dedicated to them. And uh, what we do is we run a special, like sort of like an atypical program because they do get sometimes quite tired of the typical traditional therapies. So we group them up in small groups, about maximum four people per group. Mm -hmm. And they uh, attend uh, laboratories or workshops or any sort of activities that also uh, aim to sort of help them figure out what, uh, what they like, what they're good at and, uh, you know, their preferences in a way to help them out uh, later on in, in their life. Questo avviene soprattutto per le persone a medio e basso funzionamento. So um, these uh, these programs, these sessions that we run are for, uh, as, I, as I was mentioning, uh, young adults and teenagers. We, uh, with all uh, levels of ASD, so medium, mm -hmm. to severe to medium, but also Asperger's and high functioning, we tend to have a quite strong um, uh, sort of like uh, support staff. So we do have, for example, one educator and one volunteer always present and two kids for the, for the people who need it the most. We do have 
have a, a lot of workshops going on. So we do have a, an art atelier that we use. Uh, people um, enjoy the times there. Uh, they do um, paintings, a sculpture, mosaics, a graphic designs. Mm. Uh, they also learn to weave. Um, so it's quite interesting for them. We, uh, we do have a, a theater workshop, a circus training. Uh, wow. We also have, because of the grounds and the gardens that we have at our disposal, we tend to have also like garden horticultural therapy. We have a large kitchen where we run workshops, culinary workshops. Uh, we also have musical activities where people uh, pick up singing or also pick up uh, a, a musical instruments. All of this is done with uh, with external staff, sort of also professionals as well that come in and and guide and and teach our 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 kids. That sounds like a creative heaven. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I ran across a lovely video on YouTube that I was wondering, um, it sounds like maybe it's part of this program. It was a Christmas song, I think, that some of your young adults produced. And I was just wondering if you would tell us how you put it all together. And I would encourage our listeners to go to the show notes and click on the link because it's, it's beautiful. Io sono una persona molto creativa e anche molto First of all, thank you for having watched the video. But um, she's a very she's a very creative person, but also very demanding. So um, she knows that autism is yes a very difficult condition condition to rehabilitate and work with. But at the same time, she 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 feels that it's also because we haven't tried enough. Um, um, she believes that. Um, what what they achieved is uh, are exceptional things and uh, it's also they are also thanks to the the help of exceptional people so for example over the years they've been able to learn and also teach things that she didn't believe it, they were possible uh, mm -hmm. in the video that you saw there are two two ASD kids uh, with actually um, medium to severe ASD they were able to sing together and it's a, it's a, it's it's something very extraordinary and this is uh, due to uh, this great communal effort of both the kids and the supporting team and the educators. And it's mostly due to the fact that everybody involved. So, for example, the educators, the volunteers, they're very passionate about what they do and what they teach. So a person would be uh, very keen on what on, on, on the activity that they run. And this was sort of like pass on to to the kids. Well, it was tr it was truly extraordinary, and thank you for bringing that into those those kids' lives and into our lives. I think that's incredible. I think so many times we are so focused on getting them to learn um, sort of the nuts and bolts of living that um, we don't always help them delve into their creative side. And I think that it's just wonderful that you're doing that. Now, you mentioned that you were going to have a manual published. Could we go back to that? Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Um, so uh, together with the uh, with, uh, university researchers from the universities of Wooden and Trieste, they've been putting together this manual that they hope to publish. And it's basically, uh, it, it tells of the, of the um, rehabilitation motor rehabilitation process that they're that they're uh, investigating using uh, this very special state of art sort of um, multi-sensory room it's a very interesting environment uh, in which children can as 
are followed uh, through the rehabilitation. Um, it's it has a virtual reality sort of like wall. Uh, it's got sounds and and, uh, and visual inputs. Um, there are lights, and it's also aesthetic aesthetically uh, pleasing. It's very comfortable. Children are are quite com comfortable in being in being there. Um, what they're trying to prove is that by providing such such an environment, it speeds up the time of recovery and also uh, helps them helps them. Uh, learn. What they maintain is that basically helping motor rehabilitation also helps them with uh, with a speech impairment, so overcome speech impairment and uh, improves their planning, ability, planning capabilities. So they're wor working mainly with children and they want to test how, how you know, how, how it goes. But also they, they found that um, this applies uh, also to teenagers and, and, and adults. Of course, the earlier you start with rehabilitation and the better it is. Uh, she also wants to add that um, they found out that through the through uh, this room, which is very very pretty and very comfortable, children have also shown an increase in, in social interactions. They help each other, they assist each other, they they share things with each other. Uh, also, thanks to the virtual reality and all the the technology at their disposal in that specific room, and it's something that they found very surprising and very very promising. So. Would you say that you think that this this additional um, environment or this multi-sensory environment decreases rehabilitation time? Do you mean the number of months or years that they need to spend in therapy? Yes, yes, she does. Yes. Okay. And I'm curious about the social interaction piece because that's a real passion of mine as well. And so it sounds like what you're finding is if they are in a room that is sort of um, the most comfortable for their sensory systems, they are more easily able to engage in social interaction in that environment, or they're more likely to learn in that environment and generalize it to other environments. She's saying that the multisensory room is, is very, very current in a way. So it's a state-of-the-art environment. It's a highly technological. And that's what they 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 find so alluring, like so attractive, the, the children. It's what they respond to the most because the 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 the, the real life is, you know, they spend time on their iPads, on their mobile phones. So they sort of like look for that um, kind of, 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 of technology of color, of, of, of input. And this room sort of like provides them with it. And in this way, by providing them with a, with a sort of like virtual reality stimuli, with virtual reality stimuli, it also helps them learn faster because they are at their ease uh, more at their ease. So in a way, uh, we exploit technology to to help them to help them uh, better in a way. Oh, I'm just so intrigued, and I can't wait to see the results of this. Tell us which university you're working for, so I can keep an eye out. Um, allora, la Facoltà di Neuroscienze di Udine Trieste insieme. So it's a joint venture between the neuroscience department of the University of Trieste and Udine. I applaud your efforts. That sounds <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, in, the U in the US, there were a lot of programs that had to, in-person programs that had to shut down for periods of time during the pandemic. And I'm wondering how you all have 
gotten through this and, and how your program has fared? They were able to reopen very, very fast in uh, in April. They were already sort of uh, active again, and this was due. This was thanks to the to um, a special authorization that they received from the local authorities. Um, what they had to do though was sort of like draw draw a very very detailed health and safety regulation plan so they were uh, very they very carefully planned every single space of of the center eh, abbiamo fatto un percorso per le so they were able to reopen so fast because as I, as she said they divide the building the center into three different areas so one program was dedicated to adults um, mm -hmm. and they attended the center from um, eight in the morning until half past four in the afternoon uh, running all sorts of activities uh, another program was for uh, teenagers and they they basically came uh, from two in the afternoon to seven in the evening and then there were the children uh, they They were able to come from eight in the after, eight in the morning until seven in the in the evening, and they were basically um, staying in these soundproof spaces where they could continue the uh, program. Um, what was very important for us since the beginning was to um, basically adopt the strictest health and safety um, regulations. Thanks to the help of volunteer of our volunteer staff, also with the help of our health institutions in, in, in on, on the territory, we were able to run uh, COVID tests every month for our uh, volunteers and staff. That's so. amazing that you had access to testing so that you could provide that for your volunteers early on. That must have really been key. See. Si. So what they were they're also working on currently is to draw up the protocols, uh, sort of uh, address different difficulties that families uh, can can face during such mm -hmm. a such a time. So, for example, what to do in case one of the members have um, a flu or mm -hmm. you know just a seasonal or um, what to do if a person is in gets is in contact with uh, someone who turns out to be positive covid positive or um, what to do in case one needs to go undergo surgery in a hospital so how to behave mm -hmm. in such cases um, and they hopefully very soon they'll be able also to run um, salivary tests Uh, it seems that during the pandemic, you, I mean, you were able to provide just an astounding amount of services. And it sounds like some of your children might have been coming to your center during the day. And I'm wondering how that intersects with the schools that they normally attend. Was that just because of the pandemic or do they get part of their schooling um, in your center? Allora, puoi dire che in Italia le scuole... So, um, in, in Italy, um, all, chil all children, also ASD children, um, attend the normal state uh, public schools. So, um, yes, they do attend schools in the morning. But for the very, very small children, we're talking um, pre-primary school, um, they... they also attend our uh, morning sessions for the primary um, kids. They, they go to, to like schools like everybody else. If we could turn to, I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly, Progetto Dottore Amico. Um, my understanding is that this is a project by which you train medical professionals to work with their autistic patients. Can you tell us what was behind the creation of this program? 
Um, so first of all, I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Kimberly Robleski. Uh, she helped us uh, sort of taking the few, the first, uh, first steps of in into this project. Uh, what happened is that uh, we published um, a few years back 15 video mo modeling content. So videos. Uh, showing how to basically go to the hospital so you yeah. you know just different different uh, experiences like um it's a, how to face a blood test how to go to the dentist uh, mm -hmm. what it means to be you know sedated for a, for a surgery and uh, and or go to the general practitioners so that was the first part we realized that uh, what was important next was to address the actual medical staff, so the health mm -hmm. workers, and to inform them on the comorbidities that are associated with ASD. So we're talking about gastrointestinal issues, yeah. cardiovascular problems, epilepsy, um, allergies, all things that are somehow little known to the general practitioners or mm. to, you know, general doctors and, and nurses. So that's 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 why we decided to um, begin this phase two to the medical community. Right now, we're working on a training program for uh, pediatricians and general mm -hmm. practitioners, uh, both in the in the local um, Udine hospital, but also uh, in a more sort of like regional area. Um, we we are working with uh, Dr. Christina Panisi and a group of, of doctors uh, which are who are volunteering. We started off with t ten ASD kids. What we are doing is putting together questionnaires and ob observational chart to mm -hmm. follow up their their medical history and their progress in over time. Um, and all this is uh, sort of like derives from the conviction that uh, health is is key, of course, and that many behavioral problems that um, that people can can see in an ASD patient sometimes is just is a direct are the direct results of of pain and discomfort that this person feels, and we are not able to interpret correctly. Yes, absolutely. I'm so thrilled that you are addressing this issue, which is an issue everywhere. Is this, um, how many doctors have you been able to reach so far? And is this a program that you might someday consider translating and, and sharing across the world? So uh, the head uh, supervisor uh, of this project is pediatrician and researcher Christina Panisi. She published um, quite a few articles on uh, exploring and investigating the origin of the of the autistic challenges. Um, also, over the very first uh, first few months of, of the of a person's life, so at the very beginning, um, mm -hmm. they brought together a, a, a small volunteer staff uh, composed of two. Um, retired pediatricians with a lot of experience in the field, mm -hmm. uh, one osteopath and one nutritionist. Alina, I'm just blown away by the level of services that children, teens and adults are getting in your area. And I'm just wondering how this compares to the types of services that are generally available across Italy. Um, so generally, um, in the nation, um, neuropsychiatric departments are overworked, and they mm -hmm. can't possibly offer support to 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 the people. And we are just we also just talking to you know just children and, and teens. Um, so there's very little on that front. And in mm -hmm. regards of uh, as for adults, there is pretty much nothing as well. Uh, there is mm -hmm. there. Are, 
pretty much no 24-hour centers, like no residential, um, you know, services. Uh, there's very few day centers, and uh, there's there's really not not enough of them for the for the huge number of people that are in need. At the moment, there is no adequate answer uh, provided by the state health uh, health system. So mm -hmm. what, what's happening is that, for example, they have a huge waiting list of people that are, you know, desperate to get um, help and support and assistance from them, uh, but mm -hmm. they can't accommodate them all. So this is the situ situation. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. And I hope that, you know, the work that you have done is an inspiration to others to, you know, to, to continue work and, and hopefully to help help it grow. Um, I just want to thank you so much for, you know, spending the time to talk to us today. It's been really lovely. And I want to congratulate you on all of your accomplishments. It's truly impressive how many lives you've touched. And thank you for sharing your work with us. Thank you so much for having her today. Uh, she's very, they're very proud of what they accomplished so far. There's a lot to do and they're willing to. Um, this is the first time they were able to uh, talk about what, what, about their project uh, to, you know, someone uh, across the ocean all the way uh, to the US. So, um, there's a lot to do and she hopes that they'll be able to uh, raise awareness and uh, sort of like help other people um, make a difference and help. I have no doubt that you will. Lo farete sicuramente. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. For those of us who work with children with special needs or have children with special needs, we can start to feel a little insular. Like the work we do is the work or sometimes we can feel like the challenges we face are unique. One of the benefits of being a part of LEARN these past few years is making connections with other providers. It helps to share our perspectives with one another and share our work. As we're all doing our part, our stories and our efforts can help each other, which is why we've been interested in having these conversations with providers in other countries, because the autism community is a global one. You can listen to our other episodes on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. We always appreciate your reviews and ratings if you're so inclined. If you have show ideas or a question for us, email us at allautismtalk at learnbehavioral.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook at, at Autism Therapies. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of All Autism Talk. This podcast is brought to you by Learn Behavioral, the leading network of providers serving children with autism and other special needs. Visit us at learnbehavioral.com. Listen to previous episodes at allautismtalk.com on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time.